It's Tuesday, October 23rd. This is the NBA Podcast with Corey Craig. I am your host, Corey Craig. Let's get it! So there was a ton of action in the NBA last night. Games all over the place. Some were evenly matched, some were not. Uh, having a look at all the games last night, let's take a look with Orlando and Boston. Uh, this should have been a easy win for Boston, you would think. Um, everyone's been calling Boston, you know, a lock for number one seed in the East. Um, everyone's saying that they're going to get to the finals, but they struggled a bit against Orlando last night. Uh, Orlando showed up, and they showed up to play. Um, had a great game uh, from a few different players on their team. Specifically, uh, Jonathan Isaac had a huge game uh, for them, logged 18 points, 12 rebounds, um, just an all-around good game. Vucevic, 24 points, 12 rebounds. Orlando came and played, and they showed that you know they're not going to be a pushover in the East this year. They are going to win some games against top teams, and Boston showed a little bit of their vulnerability. Um, Boston, it's been said that, you know, they have too much talent, um, which is a little bit of an odd thing to say. Can a team have too much talent? But I think Boston showed a bit last night that they have too much talent. Um, and what are they going to do with all these guys? Um, looking at the game, you know, there were a few, I'm all for making the extra pass, but there was times when guys would pass up a good shot to pass the ball, not even for a better shot. Um, it looked like maybe a better shot at the time, but then defenders would quickly rotate. Um, and that's just, you know, all to Orlando on that one for rotating, having good defense. But also Boston shot 40 threes last night. 40. Uh, only made nine of them. So we got to get to the paint more, Boston, if we're going to win games. You know, hoisting up three-pointers isn't going to do it for you. Um, Maybe get the ball in the paint, uh, and that's you know a difference maker. Orlando they put up 42 points in the paint. Uh, Boston did put up 48, um, but also Orlando, you know, difference was they were pulling in rebounds. They were getting those second chance points, uh, and that was a difference maker for them. So interesting game there. It's going to be interesting to see how Boston recovers from this. Uh, New York and Milwaukee they met up. Um, pretty easy win for Milwaukee. No one's surprised that they went in and tore down New York, 124 to 113. Uh, New York, they've only won one game so far this season. Milwaukee's now 3-0. and uh, New York hung in there for the first couple quarters, but at the end of the day, Milwaukee was just too strong. Keeping it in the Eastern Conference, Toronto, give me some Raptor news. Now 4-0. Uh, Beating the Hornets last night, 127 to 106. Uh, the Raptors are interesting this year, and not just because they gained Kawhi Leonard. Now, Kawhi Leonard is arguably the best player to ever put on a Raptors jersey, and he's played only a few games. So that should tell you how talented Kawhi is. But Kyle Lowry has been 
the difference maker this season. Uh, last night, you know, he put up 16 points, 14 assists, two rebounds. He was just taking what he wanted on the court and new coach Nick Nurse is letting him have that. And I'm wondering if, you know, when DeRozan was his teammate, because they were such good friends, if maybe he deferred to DeMar a bit too much. Um, but, you know, Kawhi came in and Kawhi did have 22 points, but Kawhi comes in and Kyle Lowry's like, you know, this is my team. You may be, you know, previous MVP, a champion, a great player, uh, you know, before your injury, people put you in the top five um, of best players in the NBA, but this is my team. And it seems like Kyle Lowry has that mentality going into this season and playing these last few games because he was just all over the court and playing some of the bas basketball I've seen from Kyle Lowry uh, in recent seasons. But having, I mean, Kawhi Leonard on the team, definitely a bonus there for him. Uh, so the Raptors, undefeated, uh, currently top of the Eastern Conference. It's going to be interesting to see when they lose their first game, uh, who's going to take them down? Um, Indiana, Minnesota uh, played a good game. Uh, Jimmy Butler was in for the Timberwolves and had a great game. Uh, Jimmy Buckets came in and did just that, got some buckets, put up 22 points, uh, led the team in scoring. Uh, surprise, surprise there. Andrew Wiggins uh, put up a whole two points, only played eight minutes of the game. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns, you know, Played 33 minutes, only put up 17 points. So Jimmy Buckets is living up to the name for Minnesota. Again, last game he sat out. They didn't get a win. But this game, he came in and he played amazing. And while we're speaking of old guys who played well, let's just take a moment to talk about Derrick Rose. Looking like he got a new set of knees out there. Now, he only put 11 points up but and had five assists, but there were some flashes of MVP Derrick Rose. He made a few passes that were beautiful. He was up in the air, moving his body, just acrobatic moves. It was beautiful to see. Um, not sure what's going on with Minnesota and Derrick Rose's knees, but he was looking good, looking fresh. Um, that was great to see. In Indiana, you know, they put up a good fight. Uh, Victor Oladipo had a great game, um, 20.7 rebounds, three assists, but that Minnesota defense was just too strong to hold off the Pacers. Now, there were a lot of mismatches last night in terms of, you know, teams that absolutely should have won. You know, the Raptors won, as they should have. Um, and then you have teams that were very evenly matched, which was Chicago and Dallas. Now, Chicago fighting for the first win. They didn't get it last night against Dallas. Um Dallas played a good game. I mean, Chicago and Dallas, they kept it pretty close. Uh, but at the end of the day, DeAndre Jordan, the big guy, the center, the guy that Dallas has wanted for what seems like forever, put up a big double-double with 18 points, 16 rebounds. Uh, those are big man numbers. Ha had a great game. Uh, Luka Doncic, again, the rookie, had a great game, put up 19 points, had six assists. Fantastic numbers there. Uh, so it's really good to see Dallas winning these close games uh, because, you know, Chicago and Dallas, they are very evenly matched. And it's good to see that they're able to win those games that they should be winning, um, but might not that a lot of teams, you know, especially younger teams can lose. So great job to Dallas on that one. Then in terms of games that should 
have one. Then you have the Utah-Memphis game. Utah falling to one and two. Memphis now falling to two and one. They beat the Jazz last night, 92 to 84. Um, Mike Connolly and Marcus Gasol had amazing games in that one. Uh, again, this is a game where Utah should have came in and dominated, but instead they just threw up a ton of three-pointers, 32, only hit eight. Uh, they struggled a bit from the line. Um, only hitting 78%. They did an amazing job of rebounding, though. But at the end of the day, that Memphis defense came in, uh, had 10 steals um, and only 10 turnovers as compared to Utah, who had 15 turnovers. So Utah can turn, learn to control that ball. I need you to get to the finals this year. In case you missed it, episode one of the NBA podcast with Corey Craig. We made a bold prediction that the Jazz are getting to the finals. I'm on it. We need it to happen. Washington and Portland met up last night. Uh, Washington squeaking out the winner at 125-124. This is a game that Portland probably should have won. Maybe they were a bit too tired. Uh, Damian Lillard missed the winning shot. Um, that, And then the game got sent to overtime. He... Drove the lane uh, towards the left side of the bucket. Went for a layup. Blocked. And then when it's time to win the game in overtime, exact same spot. Almost the exact same shot. Misses it again. Heartbreaking. Heartbreaking loss uh, for Portland there. Um, After coming off a loss, Golden State walks into Phoenix. Hungry for a win. Um, Excuse me. Phoenix was at Golden State. Golden State's played a lot of games the past couple days. A lot of back-to-backs, but they looked sharp last night. Steph Curry Curry looked sharp last night against Phoenix. Uh, He put up some great numbers, 29 points, 8 assists he had, uh, and efficient too, 11 for 18 field goals, um, 1 for 2 from the free throw line, and then 6 for 13 from the three-point. Steph wants that MVP this year. Um, There's been a lot of talk about that in recent days about how Steph wants to go out and get the MVP. And he's making a strong case for it. Um, You know, Kevin Durant got his points with 22, but Phoenix looks sharp uh, against Golden State too, though. Uh, You know, they passed the ball well. They hung in there for a while up until the fourth quarter. Then, you know, Golden State blew up a 20-point lead on them and they just couldn't recover. But Phoenix showed that they can score. <laughs> they have no problems with that. Um, they just need to get some guys in there to defend. But, man, Golden State looked good. They were passing the ball so well. Fluid offense. It was just – it was seamless. Um, everything was just gorgeous. And then you have the game of the night, if you will. The Los Angeles Lakers taking on the San Antonio Spurs. Spurs coming into the Staples Center – LeBron hunting for that first win of the season with the young Lakers. Didn't get it last night. Um, <laughs> key to this game is practice your free throws, kids. Uh, LeBron missed two big free throws at the end of the game. Could have won it, could have sent it to overtime. But didn't. Um, the game did go to overtime, um, and the Spurs rallied. Uh, they played well. Uh, you know, 
both teams showed that they can score a lot of points, which is kind of new for the San Antonio Spurs because they were playing quick and they were playing, playing fast last night. And that's not the San Antonio Spurs team that we've seen in the past, you know, when it was Tony Parker and Tim Duncan and Manu Ginobili. When those guys were leading the squad, you didn't see that quick, fast offense. Now it was beautiful. They passed the ball. It was gorgeous to watch. It was great team basketball but they weren't running and sprinting up and down the court. Now this San Antonio Spurs team with, you know, DeMar DeRozan, Rudy Gay, these guys are running. Um, Marcus Aldridge, not so much a runner, but he put up 37 points last night. DeMar DeRozan came in with 32. Uh, and the Lakers, I mean, they weren't shying away from scoring either. We know that they can score. Kyle Kuzma put up a big 37. LeBron James answered with 32 points. Um, but still searching for that first win. And, you know, it really came down to those free throws. So that's tough. Um, and Los Angeles, they're still struggling with shooters. Uh, we've seen this since game one against Portland. They don't have a lot of shooters. Um, it's a lot of driving, getting to the lane, getting into the paint. You know, they had 74 points in the paint. 74 of their 142 came from the paint. Um, you know, and when you compare that to the 50 points that San Antonio had, it's crazy um, because you don't think of LA as a dominating team in the post, but they don't necessarily have post players, but they have a lot of players who are getting into the paint and driving the lane. And they did a great job with rebounding last night too, something that they have struggled with. They got 52 rebounds, 13 offensive rebounds. You know, they got 22 second chance points. Um, his team just loves to score and they love to run 41 fast break points. Um, ridiculous. But then they can't hit the three. Uh, they put up 26 three pointers, which is more on the low side uh, from, you know, other teams that we've discussed today, hit 18 of them, you know, 69% um, free throws. And then San Antonio, they were shooting well, 52% from the field, 54% from the three, 74 from the line. They had a great game, an efficient game, and that's what this one came down to. You know, both teams were scoring, but San Antonio was scoring more efficiently. Uh, Lakers, they can run up a ton of points, and they'll do that on you. They will hit a ton of points, but if you're hitting more efficiently, you're going to win the game. And we saw that last night with San Antonio, and we saw that with L.A., um, LeBron made a comment after the game in a post-game interview about, you know, how much they got to the line and they did get to the line a lot, you know, 38 times. Um, the Lakers got their fair share too, again, 26 times. Uh, but LeBron was saying that, you know, with the new rules, you can't touch anyone. Um, you can't, you know, basically put your hand on someone without getting called for a foul now, which is a bit true of how the NBA is going. And then he made a little comment about, you know, well, some people, get the calls uh, like LeBron doesn't get a lot of shots from the line. Um, and I mean, LeBron, he's not really driving the lane as much as he used to in his younger days. He is sometimes settling for more of a three point shot, maybe a mid range shot, but he's averaging nine free throw attempts a game. Um, you know, in the first loss against Portland, he had nine attempts then seven attempts against Houston. And then last night he, had 11 attempts from the free throw line. So I'm not sure where this comment's coming from LeBron because you're getting to the line at a decent ratio 
you're just not hitting the buckets when it's time to get there. Um, you're the best player in the league, LeBron. You got to get a win. You're playing Phoenix next. If there's ever a time to get a win, it's going to be then. And we're talking about Lakers still carrying on in the next segment. I have to ask. All right. I have to ask. What's going to happen with the Lakers if they drop their first eight games? What happens with the Lakers if they go into Phoenix and play the Suns and lose? What happens if they then play the San Antonio Spurs again and lose? What happens when they come to the Eastern Conference and play the Raptors if they lose? What happens with LA? What's going to be the change? What's going to be the outcome of all these losses? Is LA worried because they've lost three games so far? Are they worried because they got the biggest basketball star in the NBA, arguably the greatest basketball player to ever even play the game, and they've lost their first three games? I don't think that's what LA thought was going to happen when they got LeBron over the summer. I don't think they anticipated losing their first three games. Now, tomorrow night they play Phoenix in Phoenix, so they get a day off. And they play Denver, San Antonio, Spurs again, Minnesota, Dallas, Portland again, and Toronto. What if they drop all these games? Is this realistical? Yes. From the Lakers teams that we're seeing, it is. Uh, when they go to play the Suns, we saw last night that the Suns have no problem scoring points. So what's going to happen with this Lakers team if they don't start getting some wins? So we know LeBron's untouchable, obviously. Um, he's not the reason for the loss. You're not going to trade away you know, a once-in-a-lifetime talent from your team. Uh, are they just waiting for Brandon Ingram and Rajon Rondo to get back? Are they the big reason that they lost last night? You know, oh, if we had had Rondo, I, I can't see that. You know, Alonzo Ball played well. He moved the ball well. Um, made a few silly passes, um, you know, with the Lakers and how they work in transition offense. It was beautiful, but, you know, sometimes I think they're going for highlights rather than buckets. Um, and we saw a bit of that last night with Lonzo's passes. Kuzma also played well. Um, and the San Antonio Spurs, they don't really have that. Sorry, the Phoenix Suns. Uh, they don't really have that big of, a post player. Um, so that's not going to be a deciding factor in this game. You know, we have two young teams who are just going to score, score, score. So what is going to happen with LA? How long do they wait before they make a change to roster? How long do they wait before they fire head coach Luke Walton? Luke Walton is a Los Angeles Laker cornerstone, played for many years with Kobe Bryant, Kobe hated him because um, <laughs> Luke wasn't that great of a player. Um, but he was with the Lakers organization for years. You know, um, would they fire Luke? You know, he's got to be close with everyone in that organization, all the executives, owners. He's got to have a great relationship with everyone. Do you fire Luke Walton? He doesn't have that great of a coaching record um, with the Lakers, you know, even if we include his time coaching the Golden State Warriors while Steve Kerr was out, he still doesn't have that great 
of a record as a head coach. So how many losses will it take to get rid of Luke Walton? Three losses isn't a lot, but your first three losses are pretty big. If these three losses came in December, yeah, not a big deal. You know, you lose a couple games. But the Lakers, you know, that loss against San Antonio was tough. They really had to fight for that one. Um, and they really had to score a ton of points. And when they go to Phoenix, they're going to have to score a ton of points again. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if a team <laughs> gets close to 200 points in one single game. With the rule changes this year, you know, we're seeing 140, 150 games, you know, numbers that you almost would expect from an all-star game where guys aren't playing defense. Um, but maybe that's the Lakers right there. You know, they don't really play defense. They just score a bunch of points. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens when they take on the Phoenix Suns. Uh, but I don't see them getting rid of Luke Walton. I think he's too close to everyone um, in that Lakers organization. They'd be foolish to let him go. I don't think coaching is the big problem here. Um, so who do they look to ship off? You're obviously not getting rid of LeBron. Uh, Kyle Kuzma, you don't want to get rid of him. Uh, great scorer, decent defender. Lonzo Ball, you know, your first-round pick. Um, kind of the guy that you were banking on a season ago. You don't get rid of him. Uh, Rondo, you could look to ship him. You know, Lonzo played well last night. Uh, you have... Decent backups if you get rid of Rondo, but then it's like, you know, this guy just came here. Do we get rid of him? I mean, do you want to get wins? Is he the reason you're losing? You know, there's a whole discussion there. I mean, Josh Hart played great um, last night as well, so maybe, maybe you do get rid of Rondo. Maybe you get rid of him. Maybe you get rid of a Lance Stevenson. Maybe the new guys who wanted to join LA because LeBron came are the reason that they're losing. And maybe you get rid of them. Maybe you just cut them loose. Uh, maybe you trade for some younger guys. Maybe you trade for some bigger guys, you know, some post players. Um, I think you keep JaVale McGee. Uh, you don't want to get – I mean, he does have good size in the post. Um, we're not seeing the JaVale that we used to see, you know, two or three seasons ago. Uh, we're seeing a better JaVale McGee, um, especially last season and this season again. I think you got to let Brandon Ingram go. Uh, he's a great player. Um, one of your most talented young guys. And I think you can get a lot for him. So I think if the Lakers look to shake things up, it's going to come if they hit eight losses. I think they're probably already starting to think about it. I think if they lose against the Phoenix Suns, they're definitely going to think about it. I think if they hit eight losses in a row, someone's getting traded. I think if they hit double-digit losses, which I don't think will happen, but could happen because it's the NBA and anything can happen. Um, I think if they hit 10 losses, you know, they start 0-10, Luke Walton's gone. I don't think they care, you know, that he played there for years. He's gone. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with LA. Let's take a look at tonight's games. Uh, so just a few games coming up in tonight's NBA um, compared to last night where it seemed like every single team was playing. Uh, we just have three games tonight, Philly and Detroit. 
Uh, should be an easy win for Philly. They should just be able to come in and march down on Detroit. Um, now, the Pistons, they've only played two games this season. They haven't lost yet, so they are on a two-game winning streak. Uh, but I think Philly will be able to take down Detroit. Uh, should be an interesting game. Uh, Clippers and New, New Orleans play. Anthony Davis should just continue on with his massive, massive uh, scoring streak. I think he's going to dunk all over everyone. Um, no one's going to be able to stop him on the Clippers. Um, so I anticipate a big win then. And then you got Sacramento and Denver playing the late game. Denver's been hot uh, so far this season. You know, they've been passing and moving the ball well. Their young guys have really been clicking. They started 3-0, and um, tied for first place in the Western Conference. Um, I can easily see them getting a win against Sacramento. You know, a very young team, a team that's struggled all last season. They're going to struggle again this season. You know, they're going to end in the bottom five of the Western Conference. Denver's looking to take this win. Uh, they're going to start the season 4-0, uh, making a strong case for a playoff contender. Um, that's the NBA tonight. Subscribe to our podcast. Look us up on Twitter. We are the NBA Podcast 1 at Twitter. See you tomorrow.